You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Welcome to episode 145 of Push the Point, presented by Mash Those Buttons, your source for Overwatch League news, player updates, storylines, and more for season five of the Overwatch League. I'm your host, Ramses, here with Labosco. Thanks for being here. Follow us on social media on Twitter at PushPointPOD, at Ramses underscore GG, and at Labosco. Um, throw us a review if you want to on Spotify, iTunes. We always appreciate it. Um, hang out with us in Discord. Um, at discord.me slash mash those buttons. We are here. First of all, the Bosco, it has been a little bit longer of an absence, I think, than we initially expected. Um, when we like the last time we recorded was like right before um, play ins, I think. Yeah, I think so. Or like play like the was the East plans had just finished or something. Yeah. And so I I had thought, why you know what? Like. Why are we going to record like on Sunday? There'll be four games or not four, but like six to eight games to cover. Right. Um, We'll have a week off in between grand finals. Why? Like, let's just go in. Let's just jump in. And um, let's just let's just wait until one more week. And then uh, I failed to realize that grand finals and playoffs were immediately after plans. And what didn't help after that was that I went on, I was on a personal trip like immediately after uh, playoffs. So normally we would record on Sunday and then um, I was gone for an additional week. And so now we're, we're we're a little bit behind the schedule, but we're finally able to just kind of cover everything. Um, Jumping into a lot of stuff to cover for today. I mean, the Bosco, we were talking about all playoffs and grand finals have happened, which we need to cover. Um, start of free agency is happening, which, of course, we aren't going to be able to get into through its, throughout its full life cycle, but it never ceases to be just kind of a, a, a wall of stuff to cover. That always feels that way, right? But it, I mean, it's a good wall of stuff to cover, right? Like, um, I think the end of this season went better than anybody could have asked for mm-hmm. um, for multiple reasons. So, uh, surprisingly good end of the year. Uh, so yeah, yeah, sure. We got a little bit more than we normally would because of how like things turned out, but we'll get through it. We'll make it work. We'll so, um, also shout outs to our boy, Mr. I can do that. Um, it was, uh, it was super funny. Like we were at, I was posted up at grand finals with a couple of friends watching stuff. And like, I get tapping my shoulder. I'm like, Oh dude, like I listened to the show. And I'm like, Oh, like, sweet. Awesome. What's your handle? I'm like, oh, I know that guy. We talk all the time. We, <laughs> that's my boy right there. So ha- shouts out to our boy, Mr. I can do that. Um, it was a good time getting to meet up with people. Um, so the Bosco, we kind of have like a piecemeal like comparison here because you've been to grand finals in Philadelphia. I've been to the Anaheim grand finals. Um, I'm I sure also if we also compare- in New York. you also were in New York, so you got that. Um, I'm sure if we compare and contrast, there's a lot of interesting changes. Um, granted, coming off of two years of online play, I don't think it would have been reasonable to expect them to do grand finals and playoffs in a huge arena like Barclays or whatever the Philadelphia arena was called. Um, uh, Wells Fargo Arena, I think, is what it is. Yeah. But so it was really fun just having it all kind of back 
in one big clump, both from playoffs out through grand finals. It feels like that land environment, even if there's not anybody like there in the studio to watch them play, it's just seeing the actual guys like being able to look and talk to each other in the same place. Panning, yeah. yeah, panning from one desk to the other. It's so much more engaging to watch. And also, like you have everybody on screen, like you don't have that one random player whose camera isn't working. Mm-hmm. You know, like you you do get to see everybody's reactions to everything that's happening. Um, it's an environment that we've been sorely missing, I think, for Overwatch. You know, a lot of the other leagues have already returned to land stuff. Overwatch League is one of the ones to return later than a lot of mm-hmm. the other ones. So we'll go through kind of the rounds like not like we're not going to spend a ton of time going through each game. But I think just kind of talking about teams overall. Um Bosco, I've heard plenty of people say I would be interested in getting your opinion that Philadelphia Fusion was the most disappointing team in out of the playoff eight. <laughs> now, when you look at what the expectations were versus what output was given, that this was possibly the most disappointing team. I mean, because they didn't make it, but you, they, they had the the surprise team of the tournament, right? Not, 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 I guess not the biggest surprise, but like the team that maybe. You thought I could maybe do something, made it a lot further than than people expected in London, right? And then they ran into the Gladiators, who honestly, a lot of people probably thought should have been a third place at at the worst, who didn't have a good mm-hmm. run either. So you ran into two teams who um, were a lot hotter than than Philly was. So I mean, yeah, it's disappointing because there's a lot of talent on the team, but like they've been playing this way all year. So I don't know. To me, it wasn't as big of a disappointment as. Um, I think LA is still a bigger disappointment to me, honestly. I mean, that's where I'm at personally. Um, so LA really like we've said it before, before that like, Oh, like this, whenever this team, there's so many metas where this team like feels like ready built for it. Like Reiner's Winston was good. We expected shoe to be like amazing on the Kiriko happy and Kevster on Reaper and Sojourn. Like it's a pretty good fit. Um, I think something that, we probably should throw in before we go into the whole, like whole discussion of everything is that the expected meta, cause they only had like a couple of days to scrim. And from what it sounds like from different podcasts from different like news feeds was that originally the meta was more based around what we're kind of seeing with, um, contenders Korea right now, lots of roadhog, but primarily for DPS being like sojourn and tracer. No reason. Mm-hmm. And that that's what most people were playing. And then, at one point, it sounds like, you know, Dallas decides the meta and Dallas decides that they're, gonna, that they're gonna work in the Reaper more instead of the Tracer. And Dallas just wasn't losing scrims. Like Dallas just was crushing in scrims. So everyone pivoted to that as like this is the new best comp we're all gonna jump into. Some teams make a, a pretty easy transition into that. Um, but it it's a possible reason why some teams like the Gladiators, I mean gladiators maybe atlanta have a little bit more difficult of a, of a time in this comp because we had a pretty static comp the whole time but if you think about it like you think shu should be like a huge playmaker though on the kiriko right like you think as far as kevster and, and happy that that should be a very solid dps lineup right like like kevster is one of the best dps players in the league like you, you would think that like the guys who who make a huge difference would um I think the thing that maybe throws the biggest monkey wrench in it all and, and you know, he's jet, he's a gorilla, but the Winston, I think, is the thing that makes the biggest difference, right? Because, like, how much did we see fearless in the year? You know what I mean? Like, v- very little. Very, like, rarely. 
literally a guy who makes an impact and a difference and shows why Winston, like in this particular sort of composition, ended up like working out so well, right? Like because you're you're getting so much damage output from the Winston on top with the Reaper and, and you know the Sojourn as well, with the ability to just get picks and just create things out of nowhere. Like it it, it it's funny because like Dallas finds something that works for them, and then until you prove otherwise that's the thing right and like we hadn't really seen that from them in the beginning of the year but like it, it really was one of those things where the stars aligned a little bit in, in dallas's way to mm-hmm. to make this happen as well especially like fielder being a godsend i think um one of the unsung heroes too for dallas on the kiriko too like competing with all of the best flex you know supports in the league like that i thought was a major major thing as well so quick look at winners round one uh london Crushes Philly 3-0. Hangzhou has kind of like the break, like the biggest upset of the entire tournament. They 3-0'd Shanghai. Um, which I mean, I think people had maybe a couple people had them winning that game, but for them to go 3-0, I know like the joke was like that one game ruined everybody's brackets. <laughs> that's that's like another one. Like if, if you're asking me biggest disappointments as well, like you're talking about the second seed in, in the East, right? Mm-hmm. Um the East overall was actually a little bit of a disappointment, I would say, for the most part, right? Like, you know, Hangzhou ended up making it the furthest of all the Eastern teams. Who saw mm-hmm. that one coming? You know? So this game was interesting, too, because you have like, so Shanghai kind of fits into this weird kind of, I don't know if Shanghai probably isn't the wrong one to talk about, but it was something we noticed across a couple of different teams that you run into is- like issues with the current comp. Sojourn, Reaper, Winston, Kiriko, Lucio. Um, you start running into issues where, like, for a lot of teams like San Francisco, like Houston, um, you would think LA, um, the most impactful character in this meta is Sojourn. The idea, like, being able to charge as Hunter, like, being able to charge as well gun shots and getting a bunch of headshots. For a lot of teams, you want your most impactful player on that role. And some teams were able to make that transition really quickly and really easily. Like Shanghai, despite struggling, like, okay, lips are impact guy, lips on Sojourn. That should, you should be fine. Right. You should be fine. And Fleta, whoever, like, I don't even like Reaper, Reaper, if you have somebody who's good on Reaper and who's smart, Reaper should like be really good. Like combining, especially with your tank and your and mm-hmm. your Kiriko and stuff. Like you can do a lot of damage to people. Like the Reaper isn't something to be slept on either. Like Reapers are going to do a lot of damage in this sort of meta with this sort of just the the way that the team is structured. Like this is why I think Shanghai and LA are major disappointments because the pivotal players in roles are players that are, you know, top tier players like lip for the sojourn, right? Uh, Fleta as your Reaper, you know, doesn't matter, but Fleta is who you, you sort of expect it to be, right? Um, maybe, maybe the Winston is the one, maybe it's the Winston. That's the, really the, the linchpin. I mean, fearless ends up being, you know, super important all the way up through. So maybe it is the, the Winston that was the biggest problem with these teams. But, but again, like flex support Shanghai, you don't expect any problems. You have one of the best Lucios in the world, so you should be fine there. That's what makes this all confusing is like face not a slouch on the Winston either. Like the, just by talent alone, this team should have performed better. Exactly. Shanghai, LA, like two teams, 100%. E- even even Seoul, I think, should have performed a little bit better. Well, 
we'll get to soul because like so soul suffers from the same kind of player primary person on your specific games or specific roles but we'll get to it um shy has an incredible tournament hangzhou like has such like a bounce back story comparing from like because you know hangzhou has always been a team where like high expectations bad output high expectations bad output um and then they've never gotten far in playoffs. And for this team, especially with people like mainly with Shy and Gushui, getting to see these guys go this far was so good and so much fun. Shy's a monster. I mean, it, we've talked about before, he might be the best soldier in the world. I'm willing to put that guy as best soldier in the world. Uh, there's somebody else I would put above him, but he's definitely in the conversation. Like, so Shy's incredible on that role. Gushui had like the Gushui had such a good tournament as well. I was a doubter. I, I had lost faith in our boy. Um, I wasn't confident. And he had a great tourney with the Winston. Mm-hmm. Like he, they talk about like his style of Winston too works so well of just somebody who it has presence and like is moving everywhere, but isn't like hyper, hyper aggressive. Primal blades aside, like somebody who's good at like being able to anchor into a point, have longevity, stay alive, get picks rather than just like, all right, I'm going to jump in on the back dude and just lock him away by himself right yeah he, he is when he gets to play his best character he is definitely one of the best players in the world right for sure um there's definitely tanks that have better pools than him but when you're in a winston meta there's maybe only one other guy that you'd probably like choose over him florida squashes atlanta 3-0 um i mean the results are a little bit closer if you look go map by map but like it's still a 3-0. Houston over Toronto 3-0. Houston has an interesting story as well because this team had... So, I mean, they had Doge. I think Doge was the tank player, correct? They had a tank player on the roster, but they kept Dante on Winston for the whole tourney. And I had doubts. They were mostly assuaged um, or gotten rid or like comforted for most of the tournament. Dante played pretty well in the Winston, actually. Not as well as like your guys like Fearless, who have been playing the, that character since its inception. But like for somebody who apparently had only got like a week or so to play with the character to pick up the character and have to learn it, he played pretty well. I, but he also has that ability. So it's not too much of a shock to me to know that he could. Mm-hmm. Um Well, and there's things that you would see where it's like Yeah. There's like I think the main thing I would I put on it is like it's the rooftops in per in Paraiso. Or Pariso, like the um, the escort map. He's not gonna know some of the tech or, stuff. He's not gonna know yeah. like some of the like spots he, to. He jump would miss a leap by just a little bit to where he wouldn't be directly on top of somebody. Yeah, or like he would miss like just stuff that like you have you don't have a thousand hours on this character, so you don't know every little bit of tech. Yeah, exactly. You don't know every detail on every map, sort of a thing. Like like you're you're gonna get edged out against somebody who's far more experienced on the the. The, the hero than you are like it's that's just gonna happen which is unfortunate but but also you have to give them credit because they did have a pretty good run here so winners round two uh dallas three one over hangzhou seoul three over florida houston with a surprising upset three two over san francisco and then london three one over glads london like you like you said london has a really great tournament um sparker i think kind of is somebody who gets lost in the shuffle as far as like there's a ton of great surgeons in the league. Almost every team has one, but like he was a, such a standout for this team. Backbone has a pretty surprising tournament. Hottie has a good tournament on the Winston. Um, 
they like they said it like at the beginning of the tournament i think even when christopher does his interview that like look we didn't expect to like nobody expected us to get here we're playing for fun it's like house money so to speak like mm-hmm. we're just gonna see how hard we how hard we can push ourselves and how far we can go the, and I think, yeah they were very much like drx where like there was never any pressure on them this tournament because they weren't even supposed to be here so when when you can play freely like that um it does make things a lot there's a lot less when there's that lack of pressure, you can definitely play a lot looser and play a lot better. Philly falls three to one to the Gladiators. San Francisco beats Shanghai three one. Florida beats Atlanta three one, and Hangzhou beats Toronto three two. Toronto is interesting in this because they play Muse at the beginning of the tournament, and then for that second game, they throw uh, they throw Hotba on the Winston. Um, just kind of messy all around, but like you do. You had higher expectations for this roster. Um, honestly, maybe though, not like for them to go. I guess as a season, as a season cover of it, rather than just like in this tournament, they weren't going to go far here. Yeah, I, I think that the biggest thing with them is, um, you know, maybe the two most pivotal players they were further behind, right? Like, like the they didn't have the right tank for for the meta, um, the right player who knew the the tank, right? And they didn't have somebody, you, you know, Hoppa's, you know, they, they probably go Hoppa because as far as like mechanical skill, he's so good. Um, but it, it, it's not the same as having like a fearless or somebody on your team. So they, they, they were behind there. And then, you know, I think, you know, Finale did fine, but I don't know if he's the same level as some of the guys who ended up making it further. Mm-hmm. Yep. That it, that team should be interesting in free agency because I really am curious who's going to come, who's going to be kept there, and who will be let go. Um, yeah, because there's some building blocks there for sure. Dallas Fuel three zero over Seoul Dynasty, London Spitfire and Houston Outlaws. Houston wins three zero as well. Go to losers bracket. San Francisco beats Gladiators three one. Hangzhou beats Florida three to one. Um, these games are pretty fun. I know it was interesting. They were talking about like. Oh, Lund- uh, sorry, Dallas versus Seoul. This could be like a grand finals preview. Like this could be potentially what we see in the grand finals. And Seoul just doesn't really have it in that game. It's funny because like you again, this is a roster that you would think like would be pretty well built for it. Like you have Fitz, great hit scan. You have Smurf on Winston, one probably his best hero. Easy. You have Profit, just the dude. Doesn't matter what hero, but you have Profit. Easy. I don't. I don't even know if they had Profit playing though. Did they? So oh, they, that's right. They had him on the the uh, Profit played Reaper. So Profit Proper played Reaper for the no, first st- loss. Oh, for the first loss. Okay, for the first one. And then at one point they um they they move him to Kiriko when they play the Shock. They move him to Kiriko right. and they put Stalker on the Reaper. And like, look, Stalker played fine. Stalker wasn't like Stalker was decent. Like he wasn't like a glaring problem. Um. But they just felt like deflated, man. Like you watch that game, they get a map on control, but like soul, like just. <sighs> so think I, I've been thinking about this since grand finals. How bummed out are you if you're Iris, Iris, you're there, you're the Kiriko player for this team, and then you get swapped out because I, I mean, to me, there's no reason you swap a guy out in that position unless you don't think you're going to be able, you are able to win with him in the lineup. I mean. I think that's just also how good Profit is as a player, though. I think that they felt like Profit gives them more damage output and everything. I don't know. 
it, it is a weird decision to make, but maybe Prophet had been playing some Kiriko prior to this and they liked it. I, we, we just don't know. Like, that's the, hard, the part that makes it hard. But you're definitely right. Like, it, it has to be very deflating to, like, not even play in the final game. And you've been that flex support for so long. And, like, you went to Seoul specifically because, one, it was Seoul. And, two, you know, what that team, they thought that they could do. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it is a little bit rough for sure. Uh, and you would think, you know, like Smurf is such a good Winston, like it, the way that this lines up with Soul, I think you would have thought that they would have done a little bit better. And like losing 3-0 to Dallas, who's clearly the best team at the composition, not necessarily the worst thing in the world, though, either, though, right? Like, like yeah. that loss is a little bit more forgivable than the 3-0 that they get after this. Yeah. Um, Houston versus Dallas. Dallas wins 3-1. San Francisco Shock beats Seoul 3-0, and then Hangzhou Spark beats London 3-1. For just one more touch on like the Seoul versus Shock game, um, this is where they brought in profit on the Kiriko. It was you're saying it like I you expected more from Smurf. Um, it was so funny. I like Smurf played all right. Like this just the teams did not feel in sync compared to just like the wall of energy and wall of what's the word? Synchronicity that is San Francisco at that point. Well, um, and throughout and, and proper uh, world record, right? Like, oh, yeah, proper had an incredible tournament. We will continue to talk about it in a little bit. Proper had a great tournament. Everybody in San Francisco looked really good for the most part, even outside, even outside of that loss to Houston, which even then gets super close. Kaluj has a great game. Um, San Francisco was doing this thing where they would have Mikey in for control and then play Kaluj for the rest of the maps. There's a really great moment that everybody in the arena was screaming about where Kaluj gets a 3K, I think, as a primal, as the primal and Winston in the courthouse in Dorado, and then types and sit in chat. Um, the bros behind Totem and I at the arena just kept screaming sit over and over. Oh, gosh. Which is like, my That's... dude. Which is like, it was so funny too, because like, quick note about people in the arena. You can tell, like, this sounds so like, pretentious but like you can tell like who get who gets it and who doesn't get it like so improper like not proper when profit is on tracer and he's getting hard countering he decides to stop playing tracer and he just stops moving and just throws the bomb out and just continues not to move and like yep another wasted proper profit but trace pulse bomb he always does this another profit whiff and i'm like that dude has hit more pulse bombs with like one eye open than you ever hit in your entire life you're talking about like one of the greatest people to ever play the game too. Like, like which is, it's always funny too. It's like, he's, he's clearly swapping. He's just throwing it out there to just see what happens. Like, yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that's always frustrating for sure. Dude, people like, so in this Houston versus Dallas game, um, I, I, I told this to people around me. I was like, you know what? In most situations I would take our like line over anybody. Like I'll take merit and like merit and uh Pelican, like awesome DPS line up there with the best of them um creative and lastro great backline would happily compare it or like work both and both mm-hmm. um there's no way dante is going to beat fearless in a winston battle and no um, way i didn't expect yeah. it and i was con- i was not surprised when it happened i'm sure you felt really good after control though oh yeah and no, then it's just all downhill from there <laughs> well it's so funny because like we're sitting there and like dante 
turns a corner and gets evaporated by like 8k damage in like 30 and like in like half a second and dudes in front of me are like how why did he die there how did he die there and i'm like you watch the replay and it's like proper drills in freaking the kiriko hits like three kunai in his head and he's getting tickled to death by the winston i'm like oh yeah and and you know you probably have sparkle just blasting him with the hellfire shotguns too right so oh, yeah. it's like yeah it's like yeah of course he's gonna die you know what though like like just like thinking about this matchup in particular like Dallas just played so well in this comp they were so smart with everything that they were doing like they knew exactly how to attack with it like Dallas it's like they're so good it's like watching a symbiotic entity play overwatch where it's just like this uh, this like amorphous mass of destruction just goes from like spot to spot to spot to spot like their tempo is so good that like if you aren't able to match that tempo you just can't win well, and not only that, like I'm watching, uh, you know, while we're talking, I always will have like uh, the YouTube playing like a VOD, usually at a faster speed. And like Fearless is able to play on that knife's edge on Winston so much better than anybody else. Like he gets every ounce of HP out of everything he does on Winston and he knows when to get out, where to get out mm-hmm. to live for as long as possible and then reengage like. He he is the best Winston in the world, and I think that this tournament solidifies that forever. You saw him too. Like most of the teams they play, all of a sudden their Sojourn player just goes dark because like they can't get shots off. He's on them the whole time. Like Merritt goes from dominating that whole tournament to still playing well, but like he's getting pressured all the time. He has no time to just stop and take a shot. So of course, like his impact is just lessened so dramatically, and you see that in the grand finals too. When they play, like when in that game, like when he's on the enemy sojourn the whole time, they still get a bunch of kills. But it's not like I'm just gonna sit here in the back and just doink four people. We'll talk about that at grand finals because I I want to talk about that one a little bit more. But like yeah, wins his his Winston is definitely so it's like it, it does make a big difference. San Francisco knocks out Hangzhou Spark. And they knock out Houston um, really was like, I know there was a lot of analyst stuff like, oh, like, I think Houston could win. Um, I was pretty confident, like once. I, I think they got broken. Not in, not in a shattering way, but just like after that Dallas game, it was just clear Houston doesn't have the temp, did not have the tempo at that point to match with Dallas or with Houston or with um, San Francisco. Well, like, especially too, because like they're they're like. Uh, you know, control, sure, they win, but like the maps after that, they got beat pretty bad by Dallas. Oh, it wasn't close. Like, like Dallas took full control of the game. And then, like, I, I don't know why, like, like San Francisco, like, if, you, if you're looking at the lineup, like, I know that you were talking about how you, you know, you put up the, you were talking DPS and, and, and talking the supports up against anybody, but the only team, there's only maybe two teams that you couldn't put those up and win, right? Because nobody's better than proper, right? Um, maybe you make an argument on the Reaper spot, but I don't even think you do that. I think that the the DPS lineup is like just that far above for San Francisco because they're one of the best DPS lineups that you have in the league. So I, I think they were just so outpaced in those areas that I don't know why people and like the salty run back that they had for San Francisco. We've seen them do this before. Why would you doubt them? yeah i mean it was when the tempo is that hot like you just can't you can't compete on it if you're not if you're not there with them you will always be reacting and you won't be able to set any sort of tone 
Um, which is how we get into grand finals. San Francisco shock, Dallas fuel. Other people have said it. I think we'll reiterate it. It's fair to say it's the best grand finals game we've had ever in Overwatch League history. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, it's, it's hard to argue against that. It really is because the, the only one that comes close is the, the soul dynasty, San Francisco one. Mm-hmm. Um, but that didn't go to seven games that didn't have a back and forth and back and forth on maps too. It's not like it was like, you know, oh, you got dominated on this map and that map, right? Like most of the maps were very, very close. Um, There's a couple like stomps. I think each team had like one map where they really kind of took it to the other team. But other than that, every map is super close the entire way. It was such a good series. Oh, my God. And, you know, me, the Dallas Fuel fan. Oh, that was that was that was the heart pumper of a series because, you know, you want them to get there and you want to see them win a championship finally. And, and, and like the stories of all these guys, it was so good. Like there's so many good storylines going into this championship as well, right? Like proper um, trying to do the uh, the rookie to champion um, run that that only a few players have done. Right. Um, th- th- there were so many different things that, that like mattered in this game. So. It was really, really, really fun. Uh, fearless, obviously looking for that championship, right? Well, and this kind of feeling like the last run for the Element Mystic core as well. Yeah, but nobody really knew that going into this. There was like, I don't think anybody really for sure knew it, but it definitely felt like stuff is going to change after this, whether this team is together or like. But I think that's a league feeling, though. I don't think that was really an, a Dallas specific feeling. So that's why it's a little different for me. Hmm. Because this Element Mystic roster can still be held together. Um, It was like in the arena. It was like the amount of energy was just ridiculous. Like and you saw like <laughs> it, it is helpful that like the two teams that were in grand finals were also probably two out of the three North American teams that have the most like immediate or most like vocal fan support. Two of the most um, popular teams. Yeah. Tons of Dallas jerseys, tons of San Francisco jerseys. Um, it was really funny just to watch back and forth. Like you said, there were like some there are some map there's some maps where like each team kind of just gets like a full on push through. But like you just go on runs where like San Francisco was just crushing, crushing. Proper's getting tons of kills. And then same map momentum swings the other way. And then Dallas is like pushing it back the same way. Um He'll get lost in all of this, but like credit to Sparkle for playing such a great series on the Reaper as well is a ton of clutch death blossoms that oh save points God. for them. Huge death blossoms. Him and Striker both. They were like trading back and forth. Like that was like one of the fun most fun matchups for me to pay attention to because like um Mikey played a great Winston, but like Fearless Fearless was definitely the better of the two there. But Mikey had some impressive plays at some points, but like Fearless was definitely beating him there. But like Finn versus Fielder was fun as well, too. Like they were they were both so good on the Kirikos. And then, you know, Chio Violet, I thought was like super good as well. Like they, they're clearly slightly different as far as the type of Lucios they are, because like Violet, like man, builds his sound barrier so freaking fast. man, It's insane. And like mm-hmm. Chio's trying to keep up with him and sometimes actually does. That was impressive to me. It was it was a really good time. I am. I was surprised. So what did you think about them keeping Mikey in for the whole game? Because I played know, like, so well, though. Like, why would you not? Like, why would you not ride the momentum? Right. Um, 
what we, I think it just breaks the it not breaks the pattern. But I think people were just so used to the Kaluge pattern, and Kaluge just had one had such a big like viral. I don't want to say viral, but like such a big like highlight moment with that whole sit thing that I know a lot of people were pretty confused that they kept Mikey in, but like he did play well. He's gonna get like he's gonna get crap because he was the different guy compared to what the traditional lineup was. But he played really well. Like I think as well as could be expected when you're playing the best Winston in the world. Well, and and I think as far as um, people, as far as their ability on a hero, like Mikey's the one who's more like makes more sense for him to be the Winston. You know what I mean? Like Kalush is your off tank, you know, as far traditionally, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think that they just thought that that it was a better choice to go that way. Not that like Kalush is a bad Winston or anything like that, but like you know i also forget that he was uh part of that infamous goats roster i was forgetting with that about Kaluge. um but i don't know like, like like does it make a difference maybe they saw something maybe they had better results with mikey versus dallas in scrim or something you know what i mean because they mm -hmm. were um correct me if i'm wrong but weren't they on opposite sides of the bracket so they they might have been scrim partners leading up to everything as well so maybe that's part of the, the thought process as well Is like we've had so much success with Mikey versus them. He just plays a different style that works better against Dallas. You know, maybe if they put collusion, they don't win as many of the maps as they do. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why they go this way. Um, I did. I did have people around me talking about how like collusion typically will need a map to go to warm up, quote unquote. And that like at a certain point, it, like because I was like, I at a certain point, I was like, oh, like when I got to like. I don't know when I started to get even more even. I was like, oh, like I would feel like you would put collusion, but they're like, yeah, but by the time he gets like at full strength, like, is it worth it for that? Yeah, a lot. I, like the discussion for a lot of people was like, realistically, there's not much of a trade down. There's not much of like a, of a lower. What's the word? There's there's not much of a decrease in strength if you went from collusion to Mike. Yeah, it's kind so of like, probably even because you're talking Winston, right? You're not talking like Diva or something, or or, or something where you maybe you think that that collusion is better. Mm. Um, I don't know, you, you know, that's something we'd have to ask San Francisco why, why they went with Mikey the entire way. Um, I don't know if there was any interviews where they asked or not, but also you're going to doubt probably the greatest coach in Overwatch League history. I don't think I am. Um, note as well for Coliseo at the end, uh, the amount of hype people had for like, cause <laughs> What was so funny about that map is that Coliseo just just always devolves into, at least in Overwatch League, both teams just fighting in that one hallway where the bot starts. <laughs> it's just that same alley fight over and over and over and over. <laughs> and then you have to, like, eventually the bot will get pushed to one side, and then, like, one team will take it, it'll move a certain distance, and then it'll just retreat back to the hallway. Like, every time they disengage, it ends back in there. Um so for like it to go back and forth so hard so many times and then Dallas looks like they have it, but San Francisco takes it and then San Francisco has to like they're in overtime just trying to rush that bot for it. They win another fight, like still trying to just hold on barely, but Dallas can overcome them like or Dallas has the resources just to hold tough for it. Well, that and that's like that's like the sparkle moment as well, right? Like that's that's like the one shining moment, right? Like who is it that ends up being the guy? Who's the two guys? Actually, it's not just Sparkle. Who's the other person that's there with him at the end? I mean, it's him. I would say Fielder. Is it was, it? No, it's Fearless. It was him and Fearless. I, I think we're the the final two, right? On the final fight, I thought it was mm -hmm. those two. 
that were like the the two that like hold the line until everybody else gets back. Yeah, it it was it was Sparkle and Fearless that that come in and make the difference when there's only in like the two v two versus Violet and Mikey. You know, um, obviously you don't have the healing there, but you do have the 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 different healing from from Sparkle, and then they get the kill on Violet. And then, you know, you start to have the the people coming back, but who gets the the primal rage to push people off? It's Fearless who ends the game, mm-hmm. right? But it was those two combined that were the final two. Um, it was just very poetic. And also, I think Edison solidifies himself as a incredible player here as well, because he went toe to toe the entire time with maybe the best player in the world. Mm-hmm. And and I. I it it always felt and this was some something that frustrates me sometimes is there's always like, man, he's so good. Proper so good. He's so good. And he is so good. But you cannot deny what Edison did that entire time competing with the guy who's the MVP of the league, the best player. Right. Well, and like Edison's somebody who like kind of came when he came in. I don't know if you say you would say he had proper levels of hype, but like was very hyped when he came in has never really kind of hit that peak until this tournament. And he hit it at the most important time. Oh, he was the, lights out. Against the most important player. You you saw him, their styles were a little bit different though too, right? Like Edison was a little bit more stay at home with the Sojourn where, where Proper is a little bit more of an aggressive um, mm-hmm. Sojourn. But Edison still would get aggressive at different opportunities when he thought it was the right time. And usually it paid off. And that's, I think, one of the differences between them as well. And what makes and ends up making the difference because if you're proper and you go in deep and you don't get anything, you're dead. Right. Um, because you're mm-hmm. because if you're proper, you're using your shift to get in. And unless you get those kills, you're not getting out. Looking as well, like so it's just so it was so great because it felt like you saw how much when they win and they hold that point on Colosseo. In that whole team rush is that you see how much it means to these guys. Um, there's a lot of discourse because Fearless cried. Um, and you saw some people. Was it Fearless or was it somebody else? No, Fearless cried because he ends up winning MVP. So f- he ends up winning finals MVP. He's crying. You saw people go like, <laughs> of you, there's always the group that pops out on Twitter of just like, it's like, it's horrible to show people crying on stage. It's like humiliating, yada, yada. But like, this means the world to this guy. Like the fearless, like there's the whole joke about him being the anime protagonist, but dude went from zero and 40 from zero and 40 from the worst team ever to like clawing it back out through contenders, making it back to Overwatch league, coming just short, moving to a new team coming short last year. Well, and and think about the team that he leaves last year, right? And comes to this mm -hmm. new team. The team he left wins it all. Yeah. So, for him to finally get to this top of the mountain, like, of course, it's just, it was a magical moment. It was a magical, it was the fun, like it, Disney magical moment. It's an incredible story. It's, it's just such a good story. You know what I mean? Like the, the only story better in esports that happened was literally the one that happened the next day. Right. Like, like there's no greater story other than the one that happens the next day, because there's even longer history of, of struggle. Because you're talking about 10 years versus six years or whatever it was, mm-hmm. you know, five years, you know, so double the time. And also a guy who might not be able to play anymore because he's got to get to do his military service as well in depth. I'm talking about League of Legends if you're not sure what I'm re- alluding to for what happens on Sunday, because that's when 
League of Legends Grand Finals happens, you literally have the greatest player to ever play in Faker on one side, his high school classmate on the other side in death. Like, you, you can't write that story. You also can't write Feelers' story. That's the cool part about esports. That's the cool part about sports or things like that in general is like the ridiculous, the improbable, the impossible happens. And that's literally what happened with Feelers. And, mm-hmm. and like, I don't think it's wrong for him to have gotten MVP either. You know what I mean? Oh, like, no. He, I was very, very happy he got it. I, I do think that there's multiple guys who could have gotten it, but I think that if you're talking about like the biggest difference maker, he probably ends up being. And like I said, who are the two guys at the end who make the biggest, you know, make the the play at the end to make sure that they win the game? You know, well, that was the take. other name that came up immediately too. Was like the three that you saw were like Fearless, Sparkle, and then like Edison was also kind of in there too. Yeah, Edison. You could feel, you know, Fielder actually might have been a good choice as well i i I haven't looked at the stats i want to see if they have like the full stats up or what because i really want to like dive deep into like the statistical categories and stuff and and see like what the stats say as well because a lot of it is like you know overwatch league we don't get this we don't get the stats like other other games do like as fast you know what i mean no not for a while and that's frustrating that's super frustrating but that's beside the point but like 300,000 plus people watching on YouTube. Oh, I think it got to 400K, didn't it? It might have. Yeah, I think you're right. It might have gotten to 400K. But like, when was the last grand finals that had that many people watching? Oh, I think like we barely cracked 200 last year. I don't even know if we cracked one, or, you know, 150 last year. So like, y- you have a lot of interest coming back into the game because people are enjoying Overwatch too. Um, you know, we talked about it a little bit, but like, I've been enjoying playing the game. Well, and like, I want to give credit, give credit kind of sounds like too grandiose, but like, I want to make a note of it. What I was really impressed with, granted, it was a Blizzard production when you get there. So there's the normal stuff that gets kind of messy. Um, They accidentally revealed MVP like 10 minutes before. They literally just accidentally flashed the graphic on the screen. Um, But like, they had a full table for contenders and collegiate. Um, There is a ton of advertising for collegiate and contenders both like you had like i got to see a bunch of people from those communities like really making themselves known and like really kind of celebrating tons of collegiate players in their jerseys um it was like they made a very big point to be like hey this is a thing you should look into this thing which is great which is like one of the the things that you have to do at grand finals get people to know about the things that can lead them to being on that stage themselves right got to do something like that was very happy about that um i'm really happy with how it all turned out i think like for a whole like for playoffs i have not i i did not enjoy playoffs this much since probably like season one or two um personally i'd say season one i enjoyed maybe the most but that's just because of my experience in new york was unforgettable Mm. um Season two, right there as well, because unforgettable time, you know, going out to to Philly and everything uh, is probably second. This is my favorite one, though, but I didn't get to be there. So that's, you know, figures the the team I root for wins the time that I don't go. So So, I was a little frustrated about that. But next I was celebrating like crazy. So, well, next time we just have to remember that when they announced TwitchCon, we just have to wait a week or two weeks, <laughs> I guess. But like, 
Honestly, because I was, you got poor luck on it, man. Literally, the minute you were like, "All right, you know what? I'm going to TwitchCon." Like three days later, they're like, "Grand Finals tickets, Anaheim." Yeah, but I had so much fun at TwitchCon. Like, I wouldn't trade that experience for anything, even to to be at Grand Finals. Unfortunately, so like, um, yeah, L- like as as much as I'd like to d- have gone to Grand Finals, I think I still picked TwitchCon over just because, uh, it was a different kind of experience, right? And I think I needed that, so, uh. I'm still happy with it, especially too. I guess I'm a little jaded with the the Overwatch community, to to some degree, you know, with with um, how friends have been treated and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. like, it makes it it makes it a lot harder for me to want to go to some of this stuff sometimes too. So like, picking TwitchCon over Overwatch League is a little easier when something like that happens. So I mean, we I don't know if we got, we talked about it in person or like over Discord, but definitely not like on the show. That like the fact that Lemon Kiwi and like they just kind of just got dropped out of nowhere. Without with you know they didn't they had it were told that they were going to be doing playoffs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, very frustrating for them. Um, and it sucks. It, it, it sucks when you you're told, oh yeah, we're going to have you do something, and then they're like, oh actually, we're going in a different direction. And it's like what. I've had that happen to me too. So it, it it's very frustrating to see it continue to happen. Um they were still there, I think. I didn't, at least I know Lemon was still there. I didn't say um, Leg Day, but I know Lemon was there. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if Leg ended up going or not, but it still sucks. It still sucks that this happens to them. Um <laughs> two people who worked really hard and I thought were one of the best pairs. One mm-hmm. of the best pairs. Um you know, it's hard to beat Uber and X, but but I think I thought that they were right there behind them. Well, and congrats to Necra as well. Like, it's been so great seeing how well she's done this season. Yeah. A hundred percent. She had like, she called a great series. Um, I, I'm, I get you for a lot of it. I enjoyed it. Um, it really kind of just reminds me why I love it so much. Uh, but it's also not something that I could do all the time. Um, I remember like, I think about going to Anaheim, not Anaheim, going to Blizzard Arena all the time. And now I'm just like, how in the world was I like, how in the world was I doing that? Because it was a, it was a cool atmosphere and stuff. Like, like I understand being there, especially for that. And for you, it's not super, super far away. Like that's so much more fun. You know what I mean? (laughs) Being there in that arena around like-minded people, you feel good. You do. And, and there's, you know, the, the different groups of people that you get to know and stuff like, like that's a little bit different, right? Grand Finals is kind of kind of a different scale, right? There's so many more people and stuff. So, well, I'm excited to see how it turns. What it, what land stuff looks like next year. I'm hoping we get more of it. Um, I would think we do. Maybe even just like maybe even even if they just did tournament stuff at like a land, because um, it just it felt so. This like the whole kind of playoffs, Grand Finals, all of it felt like kind of just like such a good like kind of injection of hope into everything um seeing so many people actually there seeing the viewership numbers jump up so much seeing like the games like go like be played very well just felt like a lot of good after kind of the past couple years of just waiting and nothing and kind of humdrumness definitely it was it has been very frustrating right like especially for us um who who pay so much attention to the league um the fact that that it has been hard to want to stick with it right and it's nice that we we've seemed to have actually moved forward a little bit and and moved in a prog- pro- progressing in the right direction right 
Um, something we've been waiting to see if that would happen at all. So from that perspective, yeah, it, it was very nice to have an enjoyable playoffs, you know, something well put together, something that people liked the product and that we had s- enjoyable games. Quick run through of the awards. Uh, Christopher with London got coach of the year. Um, that was my pick. Super deserved. That guy took a team that was supposed to be bottom of the league or bottom two and like utilized the crap out of their strengths. Um, really made them super fun to watch. Super good pick. Very happy with it. Yeah, I, I think it's a good pick. Like, you know, surprise team of the year. Nobody expected them to be a playoff team, you know, top six finish or whatever it is. That's incredible. 100% deserved. Um, Hottie got the Dennis Havelka or Dennis Havelka um, played or the Dennis Havelka award, um, which I hadn't really considered at the time, but I really like how they pushed it. I was just like, this is somebody who cares a lot about his teammates, um, is very big about like fitness and like bringing that as like kind of his experience. Um, who's very vocal with fans. Uh, I like the pick too. I was really, he wasn't somebody I initially had thought of, but I was happy that he got it. I, I don't know enough about hottie to like speak on it, but I, I feel like this is one award that usually they pick like the right person for it. So, mm-hmm. um, definitely happy that, that internet Hulk's legacy continues to live on and that there's guys who are the, the one way, you know, the, the one way that I know that like, it is a good pick, though, is how guys like what it means to them when they get this award. Right. So so that's like that's always good to see. Um, and then we already talked about it. Proper gets MVP and rookie of the year. Um, yeah. Easy. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> um, Surprising nobody. <laughs> uh, it, it's not very often you see rookie of the year also get MVP. So mm-hmm. I was. I commend the league for doing it, right? Because if you want to ask who was the best rookie, it was proper. If you want to ask who was the best player in the league, it was proper, right? Uh, everybody agreed. Everybody thought so. So him winning both is very much deserved. Um, your MVP should be your MVP, right? Like you, you shouldn't like not give him one of those awards just because you want to have somebody else get an award. So mm-hmm. it, it was cool to see that they actually did that. Like I'm okay with it. I probably would have been okay if they didn't give him both, but he definitely deserved both. Oh yeah. I, you can't be, I think you can't be mad with him getting both. Yeah, for sure. Um, anything else on grand finals before we move on to the rest of our stuff? No, I'm, uh, I'm just, like I said, it's very encouraging, um, that we had the end of the year that we had, you know, Hopefully, hopefully the people who tuned in um, because they watched grand finals, hopefully those people continue when next year starts, whenever that may be. Here's the hoping. I'm hoping that we if we can just get solid number, like we're not going to get 400K um, every game next year. Absolutely not. But if we can just get like a market and consistent upgrade, like I almost said upgrease, a consistent like increase and like uptick in regular viewership, that is more than enough for me. Yeah. So, um, we did get a reveal of the next hero coming, uh, with Romatra, um, in the arena, it was pretty like 60, 40 that it was going to be Mauga. So when we got that Romatra, like first, like teaser image, there was a pretty audible groan, which is funny. <laughs> um, but this looks sick. Um, he's going to be a tank. Uh, he also has two forms. So he has an Omnic form, which is kind of just his normal bipedal form with a staff. 
We don't know if it's melee or if it's projectile. Um, and then his other form is his nemesis form where he kind of sprouts out these two big arms, bigger legs. So the idea that one, f- like the two forms are different. One's a lot more aggressive and like punishing and one's a lot more def- defensive and like protecting. Um, we haven't seen any gameplay footage as of when we're recording this, but I'm really interested to see how he plays. You yeah. get the sense that this will be a very non-standard kit. Which is cool. It's cool that they're kind of taking a little bit of a risk with this as well, right? Like, um, it's going to be much different than what we're used to. It could turn out good, could turn out bad. Um, we did see that he is heavily involved in Zenyatta's lore. He's the leader of Null Sector, which is like the villainous omni well not the villainous, just the oppositional omnic fashion in game faction in game. Um really, really cool character design. Uh I really thought of I of course they capitalize on it with like Check out this new character we have. He's super cool. By the way, you can buy a bust of him for $200 on the Blizzard gear store that we just conveniently have ready to sell. So he'll be cool. I'm excited. He's coming in season two. So that's not too far off. Um, And you probably need him for PVE too, like lore wise, story wise. I would think so. Yeah, no, he's a good pick. I think like I'm interested to see what else we get from it. Yeah, for sure. Um, And then. We've already seen the beginning of offseason movement. Um, people forget that, like, so it's not as if, like, you grand finals finishes and then you have, like, a couple months and then start, stuff starts happening. Like, you already have pretty soon, like, they ha- like the date where um, everybody, ha- where you have to have, like, a certain amount in your roster. Yeah. Well, um, literally, well, it's, like, weird, too, because, like, literally, like, the moment grand finals ends, like, some people are free agents. Yeah. Oh, yeah um there have been a bunch of so something that should kind of be clarified as well the way things have gone is that you either have some teams that have either picked up options or re-signed people as of this moment um you have a ton of players who are you've seen this like across a bunch of different tweets but just to make it clear um who are unrestricted free agents meaning that like they are still in negotiations with their current team but like they are also taking other offers to see what else is out there you have some people who have just been completely released who are going to be just free agents who are open to all offers. They're not in negotiation with the team that they are formerly on. So when a team goes, Hey, we're releasing all these people. Um, we don't, don't, it does not necessarily mean there's no way in the world. You're not going to see them next year on the same team. But it might not be that they necessarily were released. It also just might necessarily mean that their contract ended too. Yeah. Like that's, I think something that people kind of forget about as well as like, that's how that's how free agency works. That's how contracts work, um, especially right now. Like contracts are a lot shorter and stuff. Um, things things are tending to favor the teams as well as far as contracts. And it's probably going to go that way a little bit more, too. It's like it's mm-hmm. hard to know because we just don't know the inner workings. We don't see the contracts, which is a frustrating, frustrating thing that I wish we knew. You and I were talking about it that like. This will probably be, I think we're going to get a lot more players in the league, um, but I think it'll also be a pretty big contract reset that like a lot with how much talent is available. A lot of teams, I think, are going to back off from really, really big spending, especially with how well like London and Florida both did with rosters that were less expensive. Yeah, there's a coaching difference there, which there is not going to be addressed in the same way, of course. But like, I think a lot of teams are going to be like, oh, we want to do that. We want to do the London route of not pay as much and go really far. Yeah. 
and you might. You also probably won't. The, the, the other thing, too, with it is um, so you have that aspect of it, but uh, you, you also have the aspect of like, OK, esports as a whole is kind of having a little bit of a reset, it seems like as well. Um, there's a lot of like there's been sort of this not not quite a reckoning, but, you know, a lot of talks about how player contracts for some leagues have gotten very inflated. I don't think Overwatch League necessarily has had the inflated ones that like say league of legends has had for some of their leagues but like there, there's been talks about that for a very long time that sustainability for these esports is a, is a you know these teams is a lot harder with the contracts that they've been giving to teams or players um so some sort of reset was sort of kind of always maybe coming in some way um and and because we don't know about the contracts we don't really even know if that's happening or not so <laughs> it's really purely speculation on on our part more than anything else um, th- that's probably happening, but like, you know, I'm glad that players are getting the opportunity to, to hear from multiple teams to see what they can get. But at the same time, this also might still end up benefiting, um, teams because it's like, maybe they're not going to get as much as you necessarily would have three mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah. Well, and like a lot of, like, we're getting a lot of kind of neg- like status for a lot of people's contracts. Um, Boston has so Boston also picked up pre as their new GM and for as much as we've memed about his tenure in Washington he at least works to try and really present kind of a professional like approach to how they do things Um, they put out a full graphic they're like hey here's the contract status of literally everybody on roster Um, we're getting rid of all (laughs) but like everybody either hey this person's contract ended or their option was not picked up like here's all of it um a lot of teams kind of are either letting options go or letting people test out free agency dallas kind of surprised everybody by saying like hey we're just gonna let everybody like we want all these players to be able to make an option like a decision like together or based off of working with each other so we're gonna let everybody test free agency um shock let go of a bunch of people um with mikey striker kaluge and sam um wasn't surprised by a couple of those striker. You, I really thought would have stick would have still been on that roster for one yeah. year. He played pretty maybe, well too. Maybe he comes back. I don't know. Um, yeah. Surprised by Kaluj as well, just because I felt like Kaluj had played well enough for most of the season that they would bring him back. But I mean, yeah. it sounds like the O2 blast, um, the O2 blast rebuild is going to be coming decently soon. I guess we'll see. The one thing I don't understand though, is like, okay, or not understand. It's not something I don't understand, but I think it's something that like, Take with a grain of salt, like these teams be like, oh, we're giving these players the opportunity to look at other options, but we're still trying to sign them. Don't worry, guys. That's like that's more of like a a cop out for like if you don't sign these players, be like, well, we tried to sign them, guys. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. These other teams just, you know, we couldn't come to terms, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, like, there's a lot of um, like, don't don't just think like the teams are being good guys Mm -hmm. by doing this. Right. Um that's the wrong approach to have to this like same thing with dallas like being like we're giving our guys an opportunity to to discuss with other teams it's like yeah but but this is also for your own benefit like don't don't make it seem like you're only doing this for the players and that's mm-hmm. that's one of the things that frustrates me and then it also frustrates me with people who are like trying to like trying to build these like narratives it's like oh don't think that they're just doing it for themselves or something it's like no, they are. That's how businesses work. Like, don't d- d- let's not pretend that like this is like 
everybody's being good to each other. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, that's not what's happening. So just a quick rundown of like what we know so far. Um, D-Pay and the Titans have parted ways, which was surprising just because I figure like D-Pay's whole thing is that he builds a team and he builds a roster and you brought him in halfway through on the Titans. It wasn't like yeah. he was going to completely turn that ship around. If they have some, another direction they want to go, that makes sense. It just felt weird. It felt like you made this big, what you would have expected was a big money hire. Um, obviously, also, he had some difficulties, it sounded like, with the team. There was those tweets about how he wanted, like, he was trying to get health insurance. And, like, that was an issue. I don't know. It's a weird situation. We'll never know. Um, but he was in Canada. You don't need health insurance. There was some sort of, like, health-related thing where he was trying to get, like, some sort of health care. Um, so there go- he's off. Boston Uprising parted ways with head coach Askoff, which, again, makes sense. Like, Lori, I think, got let go, like, halfway through the year. They let go of him. Mineral's gone, too. Um, Boston's like doing a hard reset here. Basically, yes. this is going to be pre-building whatever his ver- ver- vision is for the Boston uprising. Um, yeah, Shanghai. You know, we'll I cut you off. Sorry. No, no. I was just saying we'll see. Like Shanghai's parting ways with coaches Pavane and Damon. Uh, Krong retired on the Grongjo charge. That's a bummer. You felt like that that guy should have been like a regular role star, top of the league kind of player when we first saw him, and he just got stuck in a situation like either got stuck or was never to move out of a si- of that situation in in Guangzhou. I don't know. He's somebody I think I I think a lot of people myself included wanted more out of had higher expectations for. Yeah. yeah especially cuz what he he was a MVP candidate at one time, right? Yep. So, yeah, you you kind of expect more, but I also sometimes it's just not working out for you. Mhm. So, I don't know. It's hard to know for sure, but it Houston sucks. Out. Oh, I, I'm cutting everybody off today. Sorry, there's only one person for you to cut off today. That's me. That's still everybody. <laughs> That's true. You're not wrong. Okay. So what happens when I drink my weight and Dr Pepper before I get on the mic? Yeah. Um. So, no, it, I agree. It just it sucks. It's just it not definitely not, does. Um, Houston Outlaws released three players: so Doge, Lep, and Creative. Doge and Lep weren't surprising. Um, you they were kind of seemed like stopgap additions that never even never got really regularly rotated into the roster. Creative is a little bit more surprising only because like they just traded for the guy. Yeah. Um but And he played well, didn't he? Yeah, he played well. I can just imagine like there's enough talent out there that like I I see them trying to get more. I guess. Yeah. Um San Francisco Shock released four players. We talked about it with Kaluge, Mikey, Sam, and Stryker. Atlanta Rain released six players. So OG, Ultraviolet, Nero, Speedily, Venom, and Gator. Which, I mean, I think that means that Hawk is the only guy still on that roster, right? I think. Let's see. Uh, oh, Kai and Vigilante as well. Gotcha. So Kai, Vigilante, and Hawk. Um, That's a still a good like uh, base yeah to, to build around you know og and ultraviolet i think are surprising to me but i mean with again with the amount of talent you have out there i understand teams being willing to be i understand the logic of being willing to be like well we'll see what's out there let's not lock ourselves into this by picking yeah. this up yeah I, I i think as of right now it's just too hard to know for sure um philly fusion released five players but Be- bellas rea fury yeah well bellas rea 
Fury, Carpe, Fixa, and Aim God. We knew Carpe was going to be gone. Um, there was announcements already that he was going to be moving to Valorant for T1, um, which him and Sayaplay are going to be on the same team. That should be interesting. Um, I think they're going again. Like Philly is going to go full rebuild with MN3 and Zest for 2023. The support line you weren't necessarily shocked to see go. Um, I don't know. We just we know how good Fury is, so it's just always weird to say the words, see the words like Fury released. But I mean, we've seen them a bunch already <laughs> over the past like six years. Yeah, it also kind of sucks that we're losing Carpe though. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, I know. But you're talking about one of the best players of all time. All the stats that he had that were in his name. You hate to see see somebody who's a talent like that leave. And he's only it's not like he's that old. It's not like he's over the hill or something. So it, it does kind of suck. Uh, Paris Eternal is releasing head coach J-Mac and then Wub and Cry. Paris will do the full blow up rebuild. I have to think. I don't know. They signed enough people late that like maybe a couple of them get brought back. Uh, Shanghai Dragons are retaining a lip. Lee J. Ghana is a Yaki. Everybody else is going into free agency, which we kind of expected after how this year played out not what you would have thought with shanghai though like it, it is still a bit of a, a fall from grace from being the champions last year you didn't think they would fall this far mm-hmm. but they did well and like building around lip lee jay gane Zayaki is not bad at all no but definitely not it also like it makes sense timeline wise like i think a lot of these i think most of shanghai retires honestly I I don't know like I, I'm always I'm I'm wrong all the time I would be happy to be wrong but like I can see a, a world where like fate I think retires who are you maybe even Fleta maybe I don't want to see Fleta retire either though like he's still a good player um I think he had a bit of a tough time adjusting you know I you want to see the year after not the year after. Two years out, you want to see the second year after somebody wins a championship, right? Okay, you know, the first year you can maybe, you know, maybe it was the the championship hangover sort of a thing, right? So mm-hmm. you want to see them a year later, see if they come back stronger or what, or if they come back re- rejuvenated or not. So, um, And then we talked about Dallas Fuel with everybody in free agency. Boston Uprising formally released MCD, Faith, and It's All, so they, like, they still had time left on their contracts that the team chose to end. And then everybody else on that team is entering as a enter, entering free agency as an unrestricted free agent. Um, which, yeah, we already talked about. Uh, the one that was a little, not surprising, like a crazy surprising, but just interesting to me, was Florida Mayhem released Exe. Hydron, Animo, Sir Majed, and their coach, and one of their coaches, day one. Um, it would appear to me then that they're retaining Checkmate, uh, RuPaul, and someone. Um, someone like you knew they were going to keep. That guy was the standout signing they made, as far as like from where, from what he was brought in with, like to how much, how good he's gotten. Yeah. Um, RuPaul, like between him and Majed, both played well. Um, I, was surprised that they kept, I, I don't know. RuPaul's not like a bad signing. I just, I really would have thought they would have kept Hydron, at least just trying to sell him off. But why, why sell him off for what? Like no, nobody's going to do that though. Nobody's well, going to pay extra money for a player. Yeah. Well, I think it's, and just so I have it correct. They've released. Yeah. I guess they released them. 
I don't know. Let me see the tweet if it's formally released or if it's just there. They're not on the team. Let, let's just yeah. put it that way. I mean, um, because if it, I think from, from from what we had heard with this roster as well, like most of these guys all got signed within the span of like a week. It makes sense for most of them to just be on one year contracts. But it also might be that they signed a couple players to longer contracts or they wanted to keep these guys longer too. like. I, it also could be one of those things where maybe the their contracts end at different times as well. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe we'll hear in a couple of weeks that they're also being released. Yeah, it's interesting. Like you're not surprised with a lot of these, but I don't know. I don't know. A lot of them, like there's so much talent. I've said it like eight times already. There's so much talent in off season this year in free agency. Like, why not at least try and see what you can get. Like I said, I, I think we're getting a very big reset um, and I'm not going to say it's collusion, but like a lot of teams dropping a lot of players. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm sure we'll hear more about it next time you see us as well. Um, quick re quick check in as far as ABK news. Um, there was a national labor relations board um, blizzard, like ele- election decision as far as like the blizzard albany branch um blizzard albany started voting to unionize um activision blizzard filed to appeal that um election decision before ballots were even counted her docs and an activision rep sent to polygon uh, ballots have already been mailed out the company is asking to impound votes until a new review is complete so kind of trying to stop it and then it sounds like they're working on trying to expand the group of eligible voters with like i guess the group that is going to be voting for unionization sounds like they're very they're much more lean towards unionization so abk is doing what they can to just dilute votes through a wrench in the process yeah because Um, the the albany um ruled the nlrb ruled in their favor to have the election so 94 percent committed to winning the union so like yeah basically the union's all but guaranteed unless they can do something to stop it yep so not surprising from Blizzard, but still gross nonetheless. Yeah. I, I, but like you knew they were going to exhaust all their options. That's just what mm-hmm. they're doing right now. Yep. Not surprising. So we have reached the end of our coverage for season five. What a twisting and turning and topsy turvy ride it was. Um, so we're. Almost at the end to push the point. We got a couple more episodes left. Um, we we started a couple episodes, but the way things are going um, with what we're interested in, we're going to be not coming back for season six. Um, in the meantime, we are we want to check in with a couple of our friends that we've had on past shows, kind of see where everybody's at. Um, some people that we've had the pleasure of talking to, working with a bunch. Um, so. You'll hear from us in the near future. I don't know if it's going to be next week necessarily. Um, depends on when we can kind of get stuff put together. But um, we're going to spend a couple of weeks kind of checking in with old friends. Probably two episodes. Just checking in with old people that we've been able to talk to over the past couple of years. And then kind of put a nice bow on things and wrap it all up. And don't worry. You're not here in the end of, of Ramsey's and myself. We will have something for you, too. This is... Uh... A transition. This is not an end. Yes. Now you're still stuck with the both of us, just under a, a different banner, possibly. Yep. And and, and uh, probably not esports related is what we'll say. <laughs> yep. So if you're really into antiques, our new antiques <laughs> podcast, 
That's not um, what it's going to be. It's not going to be that. <laughs> there has to be an antiques podcast and it probably does. It probably well, does members too. I- I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, so in the meantime, though, thanks for hanging out with us for season five. I mean, if we had to put it like kind of on the grading, this probably has been my favorite season of play since like season one. Personally, that's, um, I'd say season two as far as like season two, just because that's when we started the podcast and I had so much fun True. covering it in that way. So I think season two beats out season one just for that factor alone. But you're right. Season one was so much fun. This was great. I mean, way more fun. Um, just kind of it, it, it's a fun time just kind of figuring it out together, you know? Like, every, like with Overwatch 2, every single week, we're like, uh, I guess this other new weird thing is just going to be part of our daily lives now with this game. But the game itself is fun. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I, even though this show is, is you know, going on <laughs> probably an indefinite hiatus, um, I still love Overwatch. As much as I hate to say that <laughs> sometimes. Um, <laughs> it is still a game that, like, still has a part of me. Um, so I, it sucks that this is like, it sucks that like things have gotten to this point where it's frustrating almost to cover the game sometimes and Mm -hmm. not the, not the actual game part, but like the league. Right. And, you know, now things are starting to maybe go up on an upswing, but it's still, it's still at a point where where there's still so many things that are frustrating. So when it's time for us to, it, it's not, it's around time for us to move on. Yeah. I think that's part of it as well. So you'll hear more about that um, the next time you hear from us, uh, which should be soon. We just have to get it all scheduled out. But in the meantime, thank you for hanging out with us for this season. Uh, Thanks for being here with the ups and downs of uh, every Overwatch League season is such a wild ride, man. It's just so it is. (laughs) If like you just look back at May, I'm like, dude, that feels like a lifetime ago. Oh, my gosh, it does. It, it really does. And just because we're not going to be doing this show for much longer doesn't mean that you can't join us on Discord and go to discord.me slash mash those buttons um, because you still have to keep up to date with other shows by going to there. And that'll be one of the better places to keep up to with what we're going to be doing next after Push the Point is finished here in a few, uh, you know, few episodes. So definitely good to go there. Patreon.com slash mash those buttons. Support the different shows that this network has. Below is a dollar a month, you get access to Patreon exclusive content. It's show specific as well. So check out the Patreon. There's some cool stuff up there. It's worth it to point out, too. Um, we've had a lot of interest in doing another game night uh, for Overwatch 2. So keep your eyes on the Overwatch, di- like the Overwatch channel in the Masters Blends Discord. We'll hopefully have something to go in there for you soon. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow the podcast at pushpointpod on twitter send us an email if you want to at pushthepointgmail.com if they want to get in contact with you labosco where should they go at labosco is my twitter handle uh lately it's been a lot of bears justin fields uh joy and also frustration watching the bears because while they are now actually a fun team to watch and my team might have a quarterback it's so exciting the rest of the team's kind of crap so uh that's <laughs> That's my life in a nutshell as a Bears fan right now. And you'll, you know, you'll see me talking about other things too. Um, My other sadness. It was such a great Saturday watching the fuel win. And then it was utter just sadness on that next day and Sunday because I am a T1 fan. I am a faker fanboy. And watching my boy lose in the finals 
was really, really rough. That that T1 team was so fun to watch, and it sucks that's the way it ended for them. But, uh, you know, good for DRX and all that. But, you know, good for them, but that doesn't mean I have to be happy about it. <laughs> the trials and tribulations of being a fan of the sports teams and esports teams you're a fan of. Yep, yep, yep. I had one good day, and then it couldn't last much more than a day. <sighs> Such is your life, my friend. Such is your experience. 100%. You can find me on Twitter at Ramsey's underscore GG, and we'll see where stuff is with the website in a, in a couple of weeks because of the wait at the rate that the current acquisition is has been going. Who knows what's going to be going on? Um, True. But thanks for being here. We appreciate the heck out of y'all. Uh, and as always, stay safe, stay healthy. We will talk to you soon, along with some of our good friends. Have a good evening, day, afternoon. We'll see you later. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 